0: Help me to make Kip your favorite Friday podcast. Now, let's get started. It is good to be back this week with another uh, episode of uh, the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I want to uh, send a belated love to all of the mothers out there. I should have said something last week, but I wanted to let you know that you are loved by all of us who have had mothers or who have mothers. All right, to uh, the Kingdom Influencing Nation and network all over the world, thank you for all of the nations that listen uh, from Russia to Australia, back over the United States, Argentina, and around the world. We thank God for all of you uh, who take part in this, and particularly to those audiences That are gathered around in the United States of America I appreciate you guys so much Uh, California, Nevada, Minnesota uh, Florida, Connecticut, New York, Delaware uh, Virginia um, And there's so many other states that I could name um, But I appreciate you guys more than you know So let's get started today um, Because we have a lot of material to cover And we're in a series called Get Your Head On Straight So I hope that you listen to uh, last week's uh, presentation or podcast secondhand Christians because I kind of want to pick up from there because what I don't want us to be is secondhand Christians or garbage Christians I call them garbage Christians because they get all of their information from someone else who got it from someone else who got it from someone else but there's never been a real checking point there's never been a real, Plumb line or baseline for your theological thinking because you've never read the Bible for yourself. Um, My hope in delivering this podcast is that it will help a generation to pick this book up. There's a reason the Bible is the best selling book that was ever written in the world. There's a reason for that. And it's not just because it's in every bookstore, it's not just because of Gideon's putting them in the hotel rooms. There's a reason for that, that this book outsells every book in every generation. And it has a timeless message of love that we can use every day. People try to say in this postmodern era that it is outdated, that it is irrelevant. Let me tell you something. The Bible will never be outdated and it will never be irrelevant because human nature does not change. There's nothing new under the sun. So as long as we remain the same, the Bible will always be relevant. And we need to know that and celebrate the communication that God left in the earth for us so that we can get to know him but not only does the bible facilitate a getting to know God it also facilitates you getting to know yourself and that's the critical critical mandate of the bible that you read it you see who God says you are and begin to walk in who you are all right so with that said I want to make this statement I want to make the statement uh, the bible was meant to be a personal guide through the maze of life. The Bible is a personal guide through this maze of life. It will help you get through so many situations, but it starts again with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I cannot stress to you the importance of falling on your knees and asking God to come into your life as your Lord and your Savior. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and to be your Savior, to repent of your sins, to ask God to forgive you of your sins, and to walk out your salvation in fear and trembling. That point in my life, uh, on the campus of Howard University at 19 years of age, was a pivotal moment for me. It totally transformed my life. And I do not look back with any regret at all on that decision. All right. So think about that. I'm just going to give you my own uh, understanding and, and, and maybe it it'll, it'll help you. Today's message is about the royal priesthood and the kingdom of priests, the royal priesthood and the kingdom of priests, the royal priesthood we as believers were never intended to be people who just wander around, who meander, who pick up the scraps from the table, who go to church to hear a word that we can either confirm or validate. There ought to be a place in our lives where we are in such an endearing relationship with God. And is such a place of study where we're reading the word So that when we attend our churches, we understand the connection between our church, between God and between the Holy Spirit and between Jesus as he manifests himself in us, through us, through the power of the Holy Spirit every day. In other words, as the pastor is preaching, you ought to be able to confirm that this is the word of the Lord because it's confirmation to you. It's confirmation because you're reading it. It may be not only confirmation to you, but it may be a tool for you that you use to grow thereby. So the word of God is designed to help us grow. It's designed to help us grow. And, and we should be in a local church, in a local parish, so that we can continue to build on what we study on our own in our own home. So the Bible to me is a love manifesto. What is a manifesto? A written statement declaring publicly the intentions, the motives, or the views of the issuer. The issuer of the Bible is God. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 simply says this, all scripture is God breathed or what I would say, or the Bible says God inspired and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, And training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that we who are the people of God, who are the called of God, who've been translated by God to be living epistles, living letters in this life will be able to have all of the tools we need to help advance the kingdom of God in the earth. So that when we listen to other people tell us about Jesus, we listen to their truth. All right. If they have implicit biases, and we talked about implicit biases and explicit biases and inherent biases. I'm not going to go over that again, but you could go back and again, listen to secondhand Christians and you'll hear about that. But if they have implicit biases, they may already have been programmed to give you a negative point of view about church, about the pastor about Jesus, about the Holy Spirit, about the Bible. And you can't be uh, in a place where you're not able to strain the information or strain the influence that is trying to be perpetuated over your life. All right. We have to understand that the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. So what does he want to kill? He wants to kill your relationship with God. What does he want to steal? He wants to steal your relationship with God. What does he want to destroy? He wants to destroy your relationship with God. The devil is not after your your stuff. He's not after your job. He's not after your house. He's not after anything except your relationship with God. And so he uses society and the people around us to get us in a place or in a, some kind of frenzy that causes us to be shaken in our relationship with God. And ultimately, for some people, they just walk away. I told you that 3,500 people are walking away from the church, Uh, I believe that was daily. And uh, we have to be clear of why they're walking away and um, know that we who are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the word of God, that we're situated and that we're grounded. And more more than not, we need to make sure we're not the people that are running people away from God or away from the church or away from reading the Bible because we live a double life. We can't be double agents one way in the church and another way outside of the church. So uh, I want to talk to you in, in even in depth because if we're going to be a kingdom of priests. That's a privilege. It's a privilege to be a kingdom of priests. What do I mean by a kingdom of priests? It means that the middle wall of partition was torn down and that God has given us direct access to him. So in the days of, of the Catholic church, you would go to the priest to be forgiven or absolved of your sins. Now we can go directly to the priest, but directly to the high priest, Jesus Christ, who's now our advocate, and ask the Lord to forgive us of our sins, and we can be cleansed immediately. Jesus is our advocate for that. When he died on the cross, Uh, He gave us the right to then approach the throne of grace. So we have that right. Not only do we have the right to be uh, forgiven, but we have the right to read, to study, to pray, to interpret, to understand, and to really begin to be a part of the kingdom of God. So when we get saved, one of the benefits of being saved is we become part of the priesthood. We are royal priesthood. So let me tell you a little bit about what that means, and I'm gonna to read to you um, scripture from 1st Epistle of Peter, chapter two. The 1st Epistle of Peter, chapter two. I'm gonna begin at verse four, and just a, just a quick summary, and just to get us in the flow, so that we you know have a, a, a baseline or a place to get our infartation or our information, all right? So, coming to him, As to a living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him, Will by no means be put to shame. The chief cornerstone, of course, is Jesus Christ. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And you know that Jesus was rejected by the Jews. He was rejected by the Sanhedrin. He was rejected by the leaders of the Jewish church. He became a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. So they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. So to this day, people stumble over the word of God. The word of God to them is an offense to them. It's offensive because if I want to live in the dark and the word is the light, then the light shines uh, brightness or or shines light on my dark situation. It exposes me. And so men would rather stay in the dark than be exposed. Okay. So watch this. But you are a chosen generation. When you receive Christ, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into the marvelous light. The difference between you and them is that they wanted to stay in darkness. You, on the other hand, heard the call out of darkness. And so you are now walking in this marvelous light who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. We have obtained mercy because of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So we are a royal priesthood, a kingdom of priests. I like this statement that may help uh, even bring more clarity to what I just shared. It's by Dr. J.V. Fesco, professor of systematic historical theology at the reformed theological seminary it's called the doctrine of the priesthood the doctrine of the priesthood of all believers states that all believers in Christ share in his priestly status therefore there is no special class of people who mediate the knowledge of the knowledge presence and forgiveness of Christ to the rest of believers. And all believers have the right and the authority to read, interpret, and apply the teachings of scripture. Now, does this mean that the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, uh, that these gifts, the apostle is no longer necessary? No, that's not what it says. Uh, But what it does say is that when you receive Christ, You have the ability now to ask God for forgiveness. You have the ability now to get into his presence. You have the ability now to uh, walk in the authority to read, to interpret, and to apply the teachings of scripture. So this does not mean that we should do away with pastoral or ministerial authorities. While those authorities are part of the way that God blesses his church with instruction and sound doctrine. Those with churchly authority need the rest of the body just as much. So what it is, is a relationship, a relationship where those who are in authority in the church need the body and those who are in the body need those who are authority. So let me break this down for you. The priesthood has three levels. There's the priesthood of all believers of which we're all a part. Both those of us who are pastors or not pastors, we're all a part of the priesthood of all believers. Then there's ordained priesthood. Those of us who are pastors, teachers, evangelists, leaders in the church, leaders in the community, in the marketplace, you ordained priesthood. And then finally, there's the high priest of Jesus Christ. The high priest of Jesus Christ is the priesthood after the order of Melchizedek that gives us the right to operate And these respective levels of gifting, it gives us the right not only to be ordained in ministry, but it gives us the right to have access to the power of God. All right. So we want to make sure that you know that you have access to the power of God. And, And this is a process. It takes time. You have to spend time with God. I got in uh, when I was very young, at at that tender age of 19, I started reading the book of St. John. I read the book uh, literally uh, piece by piece. Uh, I remember I was working uh, two jobs at the time, Uh, one at a company called Wiremold in West Hartford, Connecticut, and then at Edna Life and Casualty. And I would carry my Bible, And I would make it my business to read little parts of the gospel every day until I read through the gospels. This is how I developed my relationship. And I could read the gospel, see the world around me and see the truth of the gospel, and yet also determine what the world was trying to feed me and tell me. And I came to a revelation that the word is true. So there's a scripture, let God be true. Let man be a liar. These are the kinds of things that we come into uh, reality with when we read the word for ourselves. So I want us to move from secondhand Christians. But there are privileges to being in this royal priesthood. And I want to talk about that in our next session. I've talked about this before, but I think I'm going to go into a greater level of detail. Uh, It's called uh, Kingdom Wealth. Kingdom Wealth. I want to talk about Kingdom Wealth. I'm going to talk about the five points of Kingdom Wealth, uh, how they to help us to live out our lives um, in every facet of our lives. Our society today gravitates to everybody being rich. Uh, I don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. And in my next segment, I want to tell you the difference between being rich and wealthy. And then I want to tell you how to begin to come into your status in life. All right. All right. God bless you. I've enjoyed this time with you. Time has really flown by. You've been listening to the Kingdom Influencing Podcast. I'm your host, Derek L. Calhoun. And we hope to hear from you again on next week as we continue this series, Get Your Head On Straight. God bless. Talk with you next week.